Welcome to today's episode of Meant for This. It is so good to be back. I took last week off to just give me some space to have a little bit of a breather. It's necessary to do that from time to time. If you need a breather, this is your permission to do so. I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of details or anything like that. I'm just excited to jump right back into some really great episodes and content for you all. And today I'm excited to have Tony Ann from Real Happy Mom joining us on the show. Tony Ann is a full-time dentist, a reservist in the Navy, and the blogger and podcaster at Real Happy Mom. She's a wife and a boy mom that understands the struggle of juggling work and home. She shares more of her story with us when um, I introduce her in the episode. So just stay tuned for that. She tells us why she started Real Happy Mom, where everything came from, exactly how she helps moms really become happy, really. And I love our topic of conversation today because we're talking about just accepting the fact that we're good moms. I have so often told myself, in order to be a good mom, I have to do this. Or when I'm not doing this, I'm not a good mom. And in fact, I've even said some of those things to my own mom, and she just quite didn't understand why I was saying that. She she kept asking me, why do you keep saying you're not a good mom if, if you don't do something? Like, where did that come from? And that really struck me because it's such a generational thing. We're so hard on ourselves. And I really don't think the previous generations had the same exact mentality. Now, granted, when we care so much about our children, we care so much about our motherhood, it's a good thing. That means that that in and of itself means that we are good moms, but we really need to take the pressure off of ourselves and just accept that regardless of what mistakes we make, regardless of whether we have a good parenting day, a bad parenting day, somewhere in between, whether we had all the energy in the world or we were stuck in bed with a migraine all day, whatever that looks like, we are still good moms. We can give ourselves that permission to accept and embrace the fact that we are good moms. Our children look at us as good moms. They see nothing but good moms and they look at us. And so we can really cut ourselves some slack and just give ourselves so much grace in this area. And that's a conversation that Tony Ann and I have today on the podcast. And I really believe that's going to bless you. It's, it's one of those refreshing episodes for when you're just kind of in the mundane, the thick of it, or maybe you're just not having some good mom days, you're really getting on the edge of maybe some burnout or some stress or some overwhelm in motherhood. It's nice to just listen to an episode like this and realign yourself, check back in with yourself, remind yourself that you're doing a great job, you're doing your best, and that is what matters most. So without further ado, I'm super excited to welcome Tony Ann to the show. Welcome to Meant for This with Caroline J. Sumlin, a podcast for the modern Christian mama who wants to redefine the current narrative and unapologetically show up for what she's been called to in the home, community, marketplace, and the world in that order. Here, you will find tools, resources, education, and inspiration that will help you break free from burnout, get focused, live on purpose, and manage it all with grit and grace, because you are meant for this life that God has called you to. Hi, Tony Ann. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to chat to chat with you today. Um, I follow you on Instagram. We've been following each other for a while, and I know that you have 
an amazing podcast called the Real Happy Mom Podcast. Um, so, you know, I, I'm so big on sharing and shouting from the rooftops a redefinition of the motherhood narrative. And, and that is something that you really stand firm on and really um, communicate and teach on as well. So I'm really excited to have you here. I think we're going to have a really great conversation today. Um, before we get started, of course, I want you to introduce yourself to the listeners, for those that who may not know who you are. Just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you serve, maybe a little bit about where you got, you know, what brought you to where you are today and, you know, why it is that you have chosen to serve moms in the capacity in which you serve them. Yeah, no, definitely. And thank you so much again for having me on. Yes. So I am Tony Ann. I am the blogger and podcaster at Real Happy Mom. And I am actually a full-time dentist. And then I am also a reservist in the Navy. And then, like I said, have the blog and podcast. So I get the moms that are juggling all the things and have a lot going on. I serve busy working moms with my podcast and with some digital products. And I started Real Happy Mom in particular because there was a period of time where I just felt like I was completely failing as a mom. Like I was doing what I thought a good mom was supposed to do. And I was just really unhappy, resentful, and completely had lost who I was and couldn't even answer the simple question of what do you like to do for fun? Like I couldn't even answer that question. Yeah. So um, it took me a while of going through a little bit of a journey, figuring things out, um, getting some help from other moms and then realizing like, I am not the only one that goes through this. Yeah. <laughs> and so once I saw that, okay, this is kind of a, I wouldn't say universal thing, but in a way it kind of is because it seems like all moms, no matter where you are, what, what walk of life you come from, have dealt with this in some type of way, especially with that first kid, because you really don't know what to expect with that first child. Right, and so right. I started looking for resources um, to try to help me with this whole journey. And I realized there was a lot of resources in particular for the stay-at-home mom. And that is great and everything. But I was like, I have this other dynamic where I'm juggling work, you know, having a career and trying to be a mom. So that is when I was like, okay, I'm not finding what I want. So I'll create it. And that's where Real Happy Mom came from. And the biggest thing for me is just helping moms to understand one, you know, there is a way that you can do better about systematizing and having routines and things to make mom life a lot easier for you. And also to just realizing that being a good mom is totally up to you. Like there is, I think there's, I know of several different moms who I consider really good moms and they all are different in how they act and how they conduct themselves. And I feel like there is this, this message out there that in order to be a perfect mom, you have to do this. And so yeah. I have been really trying to make sure moms know, like you are a good mom, no matter what they are saying out there. And the reason why I can say that, especially about the women that are listening to this particular podcast is because if you're listening to Carolyn, then you definitely are trying <laughs> to do better with yourself <laughs> and you're trying to be a good mom. So that's why I say you are a good mom. And that is one thing that has been really passionate. I've been really passionate about because, um, I felt like, um, at least when I had my son, I think up till age three, I felt like other people were trying to say, like, question me as a mother, like, mm. oh, well, 
you know, you're not doing this for your son. Like, oh, what are you doing? You're not a good mom. And I'm a dentist and I'm gonna throw this out there. You can talk about me, but I'm just being real with you. They, my kid ended up getting cavities and I'm a dentist. <laughs> I know how to prevent mm-hmm. these things. And then right. he got cavities and I had people saying, well, you're not a good mom because how can your kid oh get cavities gosh. if you're a dentist? Like, so it was a lot of things that come, a lot of people. And I think a lot of it was in my mind too, but I did have people who did, you know, actually say to me these things. And so um, I realized in order to really, you know, change the way that I was thinking and feeling like it started with me and defining what a good mom is and becoming that version of a good mom. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It is, it is a toxic culture. It is a toxic culture because there, there is so much mom hate and, and it's, it's moms against moms oftentimes, but sometimes it's also people that either, I don't want to say necessarily whether or not they are moms or not, but I sometimes think it's the generational thing as well too. Like just older generations that have their opinions about the way younger generations parent or, or mom. Um, but it's, it's extremely toxic. It, it's really, it's, I, I don't think I've met one person that has not struggled with feeling like they have to measure up to what this, this standard of a perfect mom slash good mom is that really none of us can really measure up to and not in a bad way, but just in the fact that it's not realistic, it's not, it's not sustainable. And, um, and we need more voices like yours, like mine even to really break that mold and to really communicate that, Hey, we are going to redefine this narrative and say that being intentional, being a good mom, being a blank mom, whatever that blank is for you looks the way that you define that and not how somebody else defines it for you. So I I think that is, that is just so key. I'm actually curious. I want to know more about some of the things that you experienced. Um, You were saying specifically you were doing certain things that you felt you needed to do to be a good mom. I'm wondering if you can share with us what those things were. Because I'm sure many listeners would feel so comforted by hearing some examples of, mm. you know, in, of, of other moms that have said, oh, I was doing this because I thought I needed to be a good mom. And I realized that I didn't need to be doing that anymore. I think a lot of times when we give examples, it can just be so helpful. So what are some of those things that you were doing during that time? Yeah. So the biggest thing for me was, um, I feel like growing up and seeing other moms, like I felt like in order to be a good mom, you had to self-sacrifice like all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And so the biggest thing for me was like, I... I wasn't giving up enough for my kids. So I wasn't a good mom. And in particular, like, um, I know one thing that's coming up in my mind um, really, really clear is with my first son. Of course, you know, again, it's your first kid. You don't really know what you're doing, even though you read all the books and the things. I just felt like I was following my instinct and figuring out what I need to do, what was best for me, my family, and for my son. And I had, um, 
I was a little late in getting him enrolled in preschool and I got a lot of backlash about that. They were like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're messing with his development. He needs to be around other kids. He, he's not going to be able to socialize well because you're, you're not letting him be around other kids. Literally like school started in August. I got him enrolled in October. Like everybody calm down, take a deep breath. (laughs) He's going to be okay. But it was just like little things like that. Like I wasn't doing it, you know, at that time, um, with my son, like, and then I noticed like, um, when he did start going to preschool, he had a little bit of delay with speech and I was trying to work through things myself before I really jumped the gun on things. And they were like, Oh, you know, you need to be putting your kid in speech therapy and doing this and that. And this is other moms telling me this, right. Mm -hmm. And instead of like encouraging me and telling me like, okay, it's going to be okay. You know, here's some resources. Like you're not a good mom because you're not doing what you need to for your kid. And I'm like, like, first of all, like, I'm the mom. <laughs> I make the decisions for my child and I know what's best for my child. And um, a, a lot of the part going back to, you know, self-sacrificing, I felt like there was this whole, um, this really big push, like, if you're not giving up, you know, everything for your kid, then you're not a good mom. And um, in particular, like, oh, like you're not spending enough time with them, you know? And that was when I had, I was working full-time, literally like I was working five days a week and then I was doing something else and doing the reserves. Now I only work four days a week. Um, so it's a little bit better. So I feel like I can balance things a lot better now that I have that extra day off. But anyways, there's, I got a lot of moms that were saying like, oh no, you work too much. You don't spend enough time and even like some of the arguments like the earlier arguments with my son I'm not my son my my husband was like oh you don't spend enough time with him and it's like for me it's not necessarily about quantity but quality because like yeah I can be around my kid all day but I really haven't spent time with them if Mm -hmm. that makes sense like um for me it's about you know really engaging being present with them um making sure that they're feeling loved because the big thing um Caroline that I have learned from my kids is that a lot of times people will make you feel like oh you need to spend you know all day with your kid you know in order to be a good mom but literally if you ask your kid like what they want from you it literally might be five minutes of your time like they don't want like this huge amount of time with you like a lot of people think or say that they do and so that was the really big one so I would say um spending time that was one and then um sacrificing myself um, in particular like you know um pretty much giving my my whole paycheck to my kid to do all the things that he needs to do, whether it be for, you know, his own personal development, like putting him in music lessons and speech therapy and all those things. And so those were the main ones that I got a lot of heat for um, in my experience with the whole, you're not being a good mom because of X. Wow. Yeah. I, I've spoken a lot about, and I, I even, I'm trying to remember where the quote is. I can't think. It's like, it was in a podcast of mine somewhere and it's like on my website somewhere. Maybe it's on Instagram. I don't remember, but the quote is selfless. Um, what, Oh, hold on. Selfless service. Like, like serving, like serving our children selflessly does not mean selfless sacrifice. Is that, is that right? Caroline? <laughs> I'm it trying sounds to good about, to me. Yeah. I'm trying to, uh, what, or, or does that mean self? That's what it was selfless service doesn't mean self-neglect. I think, listen, when I wrote it, it sounded way better. But what that means is, you know, 
I believe that, and this is, this is, this is a huge thing in the Christian community as well. I will say like, we are supposed to serve our families selflessly, like Jesus served selflessly, but we don't have to self neglect in order to do that. Selfless service does not mean self neglect. It doesn't even mean complete self-sacrifice all the time. Like you said, you know, because when, when you put that, when you put that frame on it, then what you're, you're, you're living like, well, you don't matter as a person, your needs don't matter as a person. Um, the things that are going to make you well, don't matter. Everything has to be all about your children all day, every day. And here's the thing as moms, we never really take our mom hat off. Once you're a mom, you don't go back, right? We, we don't go back. You, when you're at work, you're going to be thinking about your children. If you're daycare or preschool or school calls you and they're sick, what do you have to do? You got to go, right? Um, you are always on mom duty, but you may not be actively on the clock because it really does take a village to raise our children. And so when I say you're managing motherhood well, a manager is somebody who leads and delegates and figures out what's happening and how that person is getting served. You may not be the one to serve every need. You're, you can't necessarily be the educator, the speech therapist, the dance teacher, the counselor, the this, that you can't do it all, but you can put things into place to make sure your children are always well cared for and that are keeping you healthy. So that like you said, when you are with your children, that time that you're spending with them is present. It is quality. 100%. I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, um, I faced my own backlash as well. And uh, I, I, many stories I could go through, whether that was when I was reading books about sleep and people told me that I was crazy for doing that. And I was crazy for putting my children on a routine and my babies on a routine. That's something that we've chosen to do. We've, we've done it for both of our, our children and it's gone really well. And it never, it never stunted them. It never made them you know, like hate me or anything like that. I never, I, I, I actually just have really good sleepers and, and I also have two mama's girls and, you know, or whether it's the fact that I'm still breastfeeding my two-year-old, she just turned two. And, you know, my mom will make hints like, so when do you think you're going to stop nursing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have an answer when it feels right. You know, like things like that. Or I remember back when uh, my eldest was a baby and it was same with the sleep thing. I was, I was, reprimanded for keeping her on a nap routine and as, as if it was like punishing her or something like that. I mean, there's, there's so, there's so much. And I think we honestly, there, there's no way to stop people from, from judging us or, um, or other, everyone's going to have their opinions. And really that judgment comes from a place of insecurity within themselves or something that they didn't do right. Or something that something that's triggering them is going to cause them to judge you for whatever reason that is. But as long as you are approaching motherhood from an intentional place. And you are, like I said, you're selflessly serving, meaning that you're, when you're with them, you're, you are giving of yourself. There, there, there's so much selfless service we do in motherhood, whether that's, you know, choosing not to go out, um, you know, when our children are sick 
or you know, go out on a night or whatever and saying no to our, our girlfriends asking us to go out because our children are sick or whether that's, you know, a decision to um, whatever. We, we make decisions all the time with our children in mind and making sure that they are, again, well tended for and well cared for. And as long as we are doing it from that heart of motherhood as our mission field and we are being intentional, then it doesn't matter whether or not it aligns with what somebody else thinks, because that's going to be different for every person. And, and that's just that's just the way it is. And that's okay. But we, we can't stop other people from judging us. We can just make sure that we are holding our own and standing firm in what we believe to be true about the way that we're choosing to mother our children. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that popped up while you were talking about that is um, I know when I was talking about um, the whole time thing, not spending enough time with our kids, I was um, reminded when I was talking to my mom one day and she was telling me, um, I don't even know what we were talking about, but I used to dance when I was younger and I danced from literally the time when I was four all the way through college. Like I had competitions, recitals, the whole nine. And I always remember my mom being there. And in my mind, I thought my dad was always there for all of my performances. And I remember having a conversation with my mom and she told me, she was like, you know, your dad wasn't there for all of them. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? You're right. He wasn't there for this one, this one, this one. But did I miss him? Did I feel bad? Did I, you know, was I crushed? Did I feel like, you know, my dad didn't love me? Like, no. And I think a lot of times we beat ourselves up for not being there all the time um, or letting other people beat us up for not being there all the time for our kids. And in reality, like you're doing really good and not to say that they don't miss you, but is what what's really important to them are other moments in their lives. And one thing too, when you're talking about, um, you know, selfless service <laughs> is, you know, I think a lot of it too goes back to some of the thoughts that we have in our own minds too. And that was something that I really struggled with a lot because um, I know other people were projecting things on me, but there are also things inside of myself that inside of my own mind, sorry, that I was thinking, you know, that was preventing me from actually being that good version of mom that I know I could be. And um, it really took some time to really just think about it. Like, is this like a thought in my head or is this like something that someone actually said, or is this something that my son actually said to me? Like, did he really say, you know, you're not a good mom? Like, no, like, where is this coming from? And um, I have to remind myself, like, if, you know, if my son didn't tell me that, and even if he did, because I know sometimes he'd be like, I don't like you, mommy, because he's going through that phase right now where <laughs> I'm not going to be your friend because I want to make sure that I set you up for success, son. So I know I had the moments where he is not very happy with me. But at the end, he always is telling me, mommy, I love you. You're the best mommy ever. Mm -hmm. And, and I think a lot of times we beat ourselves up for not being quote unquote, a good mom, but your kids really do think you're amazing. So I always have to check myself when I'm having those thoughts or, you know, you know, those voices are coming up, like check myself, like, is this really true? Or is this not like, I'm not going to let this like ruin my day and not going to let this get me down because this is not true. And, and, and I think we have to remind ourselves of that, that, you know, 
those voices, like you said, could be from someone's own insecurity or could even be from your insecurity. Maybe it's because you're feeling guilty because maybe I wasn't spending enough time with them because I was so focused on, you know, all these other projects. So maybe I need to check myself on that too. So really kind of look at those thoughts and look and hear those voices and really check yourself. Like what's really going on? Like, is this something I really need to listen to or not? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I was just getting ready to say. There are times where we are going to mess up. That is inevitable. We are human. We are sinful. We are going to miss the mark. We're going to snap. We're going to yell. We're going to say something we shouldn't have said. We're going to have a day where we don't spend enough time. And we really, you know, our children are really trying to get our attention. We're, you know, bogged down with something else. All of that's going to happen. It does not take away from the quote unquote, good mom, like that making mistakes means I am learning. Making mistakes means, okay, I can approach this differently. I should I need to apologize. And and if anything, what I say is when we make mistakes with our children and we humble ourselves and we show them like, Hey, I I didn't, I wasn't great today. I I didn't spend enough time with you. I yelled at you and I shouldn't have, and I really am sorry. And I really, I ask that you would forgive me when you are ready to do so. And our children are so loving and they're so forgiving and they really are such an example of the purity and the unconditional love that is Christ. Like, right. Like the Bible tells us to have that childlike faith. And, um, and that's really exactly what they have. They see the world with eyes of wonder and they really see us in such this amazing light that really just all they really want is our presence. I mean, today specifically, I, uh, I spend a lot of time working on Saturdays. It's a Saturday when we're recording this. And so I was working um, downstairs in our office and typically around nap or when nap is, when naps are over and my husband is the one that's like doing things, my children just kind of rebel against him. Like, I don't mean to say this in a negative way, husband, I love you, but we both know our children prefer me. That's just how they are. Both of them have been that way. They love daddy. They like to play with daddy. But when it comes to pretty much everything else, like their comfort, their safety, like that just comes from me. So when my youngest wakes up from nap, she doesn't want my husband to get her. So today she was just like screaming bloody murder. Like, I'm just like, what is going on? And I hear my eldest say, mama, come upstairs. Harper wants you. And she wanted me to. And so I come upstairs, Harper just like calmed down and stopped screaming because I was there and she started eating her snack. And I was like, I turned to my husband. I was like, what, what happened? And he was like, she didn't want me. And I was like, oh, okay. So to fast forward, I spent some time with them. And at that point I had lost out on about an hour of work that I was getting ready to do. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon when that happened. And by the time I was like back at my computer again, it was like going on as more like almost two hours of like about four thirty, five o'clock between calming her down, um, you know, getting a snack myself and speaking with my husband and everything else. So I was like, all right, well, I would like to get some more work done. And so I looked at my, my youngest and I was like, okay, mommy has to go back downstairs and do more work. And she goes, no mama work, no mama work. And I was like, okay, that's how she talks. Cause she just turned two. And I was like, would you like mama to come upstairs with her computer? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I come, I get the computer. I go sit on the couch as I'll sit next to you. And she was perfectly content. They were watching TV. Cause that's their screen time. It's like, again, it's five o'clock. Daddy was making dinner. 
And I just grabbed my computer and I sat on the couch and she watched TV and she was just perfectly content with me just being next to her. And I was still working. I wasn't watching the show with them. Sometimes I do. I put my computer down after about an hour and a half to make sure that I had about 30 minutes of time just with them before bath. Again, that's being intentional. The entire time I was with them, the entire time that from for those two hours, I would say from five to seven before we went upstairs for bath time, I was on the couch. In an hour and a half of that time, I was on my computer and I was getting some work done, but I was also turning and engaging with them as well and getting back to my work. And that was all they both really needed. They both wanted me to just sit there with them because their capacity for how long I had been gone was kind of short. I, I had seen them throughout the day. I went this morning, had a dentist appointment, came back, had a um, had a phone call, you know, and and then I worked a little bit more. And that that, that was about it. They're like, all right, it's three thirty, ready for mom to come back. Like we can't do this anymore. And and that's normal, and that's okay. And that's that selfless service, right? You you bring it back to that selfless service of all right. Well, I of course would prefer to work downstairs. I'd prefer to have quiet. I'd prefer to not have to come back and sit on the couch, but I'm putting myself in my children's shoes. I'm seeing what they need from me. They just need my presence. They don't need it to be perfect. I don't need to set up a cutesy activity. I didn't need to turn the TV off and make it a and super intentional thing. I didn't need to do any of those things. I just needed to be with them. And that was all that mattered to them. And I just think that's just, it's, it's so, it's so necessary to shed light to what, how much they just, they just want us and they just love us. And even if earlier that day I had snapped at them or earlier that week I had snapped at them or whatever the case may be, nothing ever stops them from, from running to us and for us being their safe place and for them just being so forgiving and just, you know, they don't look at it like, oh, mom, you did something yesterday and I, I don't like you. Now, now, of course, things are going to be different as kids get older. But honestly, when we're setting this foundation now as they're younger, and those of you listening with older kids, you might be experiencing some of that, even though it might be different when they're older and they're harder and they're teenagers and they are going through those phases where they, they act like they don't like you. They're, you're still their safe space and and you still they're still mom at the end of the day you are still mom and they're still gonna love you so much and and there's really not much that we can do to really ruin that unless we really try hard to ruin that you know what I'm saying so we just gotta let all that pressure go and just really remember what it's what it's really all about you know and it's just about loving our kids hard yeah yeah definitely and especially when you talk about mistakes I was like oh yeah because I know <laughs> I do it a lot but the one thing that I pride myself in with my children in particular I make sure that I raise really polite kids so please and thank you are a must in this house like you yes. gotta say it <laughs> oh same here we are very much the same I don't play yes. that game yeah no it's not you know optional no you're required here so one thing that I do a lot is like you know if I do something I make sure I say something sorry. And, and it's so funny today. Um, I don't know what I did. I think I bumped into my son or I was moving too fast and I bumped into him or something like that happened. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. He's like, mommy, you don't have to say sorry. It's okay. And oh my goodness, like <laughs> that made me feel so good. Cause one, I was like, okay, like he's understanding, you know, that mommy makes mistakes sometimes, but also he was just like, so like gracious, like with me, like, it's okay. Like you made a mistake. It's fine. Like, you know, don't freak out about it. Cause I, I did kind of overreact a little bit. Cause I really thought I heard him, but he was like, mommy, it's fine. You don't have to say sorry. And I, I think there's one thing as moms too, like we have to recognize when we do do something wrong and say that we're sorry. And 
I think it shows the kids like, you know, okay, mommy does make mistakes and see how mommy handled that. Cause I know like one time I was super, super tired from work and super stressed out. It was a bad day at work. And like, I'll tell my kids sometimes I'll be like, you know, mommy had a hard day today. Like, or mommy's boss was in the office today. Um, Cause they come to my office quite often. So they know who's who, (laughs) who does what. So I was just like, it was a hard day and I was just not really with it. And he was like, my oldest was like, mommy, you had a hard day today I was like yes I'm sorry mommy can't just I just can't play with you I can't do it today like I just can't and he was like it's okay mommy and I was like really really angry and like trying to contain it and I was like see mommy's really angry but she's not throwing things because I really wanted to throw something (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like she's not throwing things she's not rolling around having a tantrum but you know she's staying calm and so he's able to see like how mommy handles it and so he'll he remembered too when he got mad because his brother took some of his toys or something he's like oh yeah okay, mommy, you said you stay calm and you didn't, you know, throw a tantrum. So I'm really trying hard. And I was like, yes, son, good job. Good job. And I think it's really helpful for our kids to see us, of course, when we're doing good and set an example, but also when we do make mistakes, how we handle those things too. So I'm glad you brought that up too, as well. Yeah, that's so important. We are just their biggest examples. We, we, they're going to learn more from us in those moments that are hard. And in those moments where we have to apologize. We're having emotions. They need to see that. That's going to help them feel more safe. That's going to help them, like you said, like recognize like, all right, like this is how mama is handling this right now. And I see that, you know, she has times where she's angry too. She has times where she has a hard day. And when we are open with them and we're vulnerable with them, that also helps us when, when they're having hard days and when they are needing our support to to remember like, yep, they're human just like we are and we can really be there for them too. And, and that's, I think, really where the security of the relationship comes from because there's definitely been so many times I've I've just been so down on myself for, you know, a time where I was having a really bad day and I just snapped at my daughter. And and uh, I remember the other, the other day it happened, uh, it was like a couple weeks ago and I had posted the, I posted the story on Instagram and I literally got like probably the most engagement on a post ever. I was like, whoa, this was, everyone really resonated with this. And, um, you know, it was, but it was so beautiful because I had apologized to her and, um, but I said, you know, she said, you're the best mom ever. And I was like, no girl, I am not the best mom ever. Like girlfriend, I'm just, I'm really having a hard time. And she was like, she literally started crying and she was like, no, mommy, you're the best mom ever. Please be the best mom. And then she said, you're so special. And she gave me a hug. I'm like, this girl is not at that point. She wasn't even four yet. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like that is so like what a pure heart. Right. And I had posted that. And then somebody had brought it to my attention. Like, well, she gets it from you. And I was like, me, you know, but, but it's true not to take the credit because really they, number one, they get that, that spirit from Jesus. And she's just had a very kind spirit from the moment she was born that I can't take any credit from that. That's how God made her. But, you know, when, um, but as parents, we get to, we get to help them steward that and hone that well and, and to, and to teach and model still too. So I think it's a combination of both. And so I was able to look at her and be like, wow, like a lot of the times where, you know, she has really struggled with her emotions and she's really struggled with her anger and, and she wasn't having the best times. And I came and I hugged her and I said, I still love you, you know, and, and came back together with her. 
allowed her to have that moment where she was able to come back to me and give me that same exact love and say, no, you're special mommy. Like you are the best mom. It's just, it was really such a beautiful moment. It just goes to show that when you are at your weakest and you feel like you are royally failing in every single area in your child's eyes, you are the best mom. It does not matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter whether or not Joe Blow thinks, well, I don't think Joe Blow would be a mom. So who would that be? Susie Q. (laughs) It doesn't matter if Susie Q thinks that, you know, you should sleep train or not, or breastfeed or not, or go to speech therapy or not, or go to preschool or not, or homeschool or not, or whatever Susie Q wants to think or say to your children, you are the best mom, no matter what. And that's it. That's it. Yes, yes, definitely. And and it's funny that you say that too, because I also feel like God speaks through our kids too oh, to yes. us, especially they, during does. those hard moments. Yes. Because that that same day that I was telling you, like I was like really angry and had a really hard day at work. He I forgot what he said to me, but he was like, Mommy, I know that you're tired and you probably have a headache. I was like, Yeah, my head hurts. Um, he was like, Come in and lay on my lap because that's what I always tell him. So he let me lay on his lap and he was just like rubbing my head. That's so like, sweet. I was like, I can't even be mad right now. They're <laughs> so, just the sweetest. Yes. He was so awesome. And I was like, God, thank you. Because you know that today was not the day. <laughs> so it, it really does help to, to have those, um, you know, reminders like, okay, it's okay, mommy, take a break. You know, I got you. Or mommy, you're doing a good job or whatever it is too. Because I think sometimes we forget about that, especially when we're in the heat of the moment. So it's good to be brought back down. Like, okay, like I got this. It's okay. Yeah. So good. Oh, this has been so good. I think this will just be a really refreshing conversation for all the listeners to just remind themselves, like you said, you're doing such a good job. You really are. Your kids love you so much. It's really about the relationship. It's about the connection. Like, yes, there's things to be intentional about and to teach them and all that jazz. But at the end of the day, it's about the connection. It's about the relationship. It's, it's so much deeper than, than that. And, um, and yeah, so I, I, this is, this is wonderful. Um, before um, we wrap up, I always like to ask a couple of questions to every single one of our guests. Um, and it's like a little fun portion. And then we'll end with one last, like serious, I guess, ish question. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap up from there, but let's move on to some fun stuff. So I love to ask everybody, what is your Enneagram number? If you know. Enneagram, I want to say I'm a two. Oh, okay. I just took the test. I'm a two. I want to say. If I remember okay. Correctly. Oh, yes. you, you need to, you need to get into it more. Yes. Yes. The only reason why I did get into it, cause I had actually a podcast episode where mom was explaining the Enneagram and how it relates to relationships with our children. Yes. So yeah, that's why I was like, I need to know that so I can do a little bit better. So yes, a two. That's where oh I'm Oh my at. goodness. Uh, <laughs> the Enneagram is amazing. I definitely like, yes, test yourself, but you need to read all of the information about all the numbers to make sure you're mm-hmm. being typed well because or typed the correct way. Um, because there are a lot of numbers that are similar to each other, but like their core motivators will be different. Like I, for the longest time thought I was a one, I'm a three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so okay. a three is the achiever. The one is a perfectionist. I assumed perfectionist equals one. And the first time I, I tested, I tested as a one. Um, but then I found a couple other tests as they're testing as a three, but I, more I read about it and more I realized, oh my goodness, I am totally a three. I am not even anywhere near a one. Like <laughs> ones are much more motivated by like morality and threes are motivated by achievement. 
but they have various, a lot of similarities in perfectionism and things of that nature and being productive. Like that's a very big thing for both threes and ones. So yeah, for a long time, I thought it was a one. I was actually three. So you never know. You might be something else. You might be a two, but definitely like look up some information about, okay, what is a two? What's a core motor motivator of the two? Um, because that'll really give you some insight. And I, I'm f- a firm believer in the Enneagram. It's helped my marriage. Um, I, I hope to, as my kids grow, of course, like figure out, okay, what their Enneagrams are too. I, I also listened to a podcast episode about that with your kids. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, I can't wait to figure out like what they are. I'm trying to figure it out now, but <laughs> they're just, they're just too young. Like, I think it's just too early, but I'm excited to figure out like what, how God has created them. So, all right. Um, next question for you is, what is like a movie or a TV show or just something that you're entertaining yourself with right now that you're like totally hooked to? Oh, well, this one's an easy one. This has been the same show that I've been watching for since what, 2011? And that's oh. um, WWE. My husband got me into wrestling. Oh, wow. So I watch that all the time. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's yes. it's not what I expected. Yes, I usually get that response. <laughs> they're like, you're totally not the demographic they're trying to that, reach. I'm like, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Um, next question for you is, do you have like a favorite podcast or book or just anything in that realm? Or who is somebody you really love following on social? Like what is something that you're consuming right now that really helps you just grow? Like the content is something that you just like, oh my goodness. Yes, I, everyone needs to know about this. Yeah. So I recently, well, I've been doing Audible for a little while now and I just got into this particular author because I'm really trying to like do better with the whole time management. And it is Roy Vaden, Take the Stairs is the one I just finished. And his other, it was another book. I'm trying to find it. I don't remember the other book, but that was the, um, the one that I'm, I was really loving that one. Um, just because he really like twists the way that you think about time management. He's like, yeah, what you think about time management is, it is not true. It don't work. And so I I love the way that, that he explains it. And, and that's one thing I'm like, man, if more people knew about this and actually implemented it, um, I definitely think that, the world would be a much better place, mm. especially with the love of Jesus. On top of that, we would be please, in a much better place. <laughs> please send that so we can put that in the show notes. I yes. want to read that. I, like that's huge. I, I'm okay. You you've got me. Woo. Yes. All right. Yes, I'll send please that send to you. that. So I'll put, I can put those. In, uh, put that in the show notes. All right. Well, the last question for you is: What does stewarding your calling in the home and the world mean to you? Oh, that's a good one. Mm, I like that. Oh yeah. So really for me it's just really taking care of what I have as far as relationships and um I think that a lot of times at least for me I'll be honest a lot of times I I sometimes will let my mind wander and I'll be like oh well I wish I had this and if I had that I could do this but I look at what I do have and I'm like am I taking care of what I have here right now um Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm not doing the greatest I'll be honest but um definitely reminding myself okay are you doing good with what you have now for so for instance like I had been driving the same car since 2007 
And I drove that baby till the wheels fell off. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to take care of this car. Like, this is my dream car. <laughs> and I did. And I was like, God, you see me right now. Because you know, this is not my dream car. But I am treating it like it is. And, and then finally, I did get the car that I always wanted. And I don't think that we will, you know, get more of those things that we want or those bigger blessings until we're able to take care of what we have. Yep. Um, as far as, you know, even our physical possessions but especially our relationships. I think that's one thing that we forget about. So like, you know, our children, our friends, our family, that kind of thing too as well. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I have noticed that pattern in every single season of life. Every time I start to get restless and think about, okay, I wish I had this or I wish this could change. It's always about, have you steward, have you stewarded well where you are? And that's, that's the biggest thing like that. That's, that's it. Like we are, we're so busy. And that's why this podcast is called meant for this when so much of the world talks about being meant for more and Mm, we're there. The world is so focused on more, more, more. And it's not that more is bad, but more is not where you need to be. If you're not stewarding your life that you are called to right now. And so you are meant for this life, this life that you're in right now, this season, this season of littles, we got to steward that season. Well, if you're in a season of littles and like, yes, we are excited for our children to get older. And when that, that time comes, it's going to be a beautiful season to steward. Then yes, we're excited for the next phase of our career, but we can't get to the next phase of our career until we steward where we are now. That's what's going to provide and bring the work that that's the work that we're going to do excuse me, that's the work that we're doing. That's going to provide the opportunity for the more to happen when, because and we can't get to the more until we're ready for the more, you know? So the, the, the readiness, the preparedness comes from the stewardship of it. So that's, that's a big piece of what I talk about here and teach about. And I think is just so much of what, what the Lord is really wanting to communicate to so many of us in a, in a, in a society that's always focused on the more and the next thing. God's like, but I've called you to the here and now. Let's focus on that first, you know? Yes, definitely. Sorry, my son was screaming. I didn't want you to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) No worries, no worries. Well, thank you so much, Sonia, for being here today. Such a good conversation. Before we sign off, please let us know where we can find you and connect with you. Absolutely. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find me there at Real Happy Mom. I would love for you to join me there. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Real Happy Mom. And you can visit my website at realhappymom.com. Perfect. Thanks so much. Really appreciate you being here. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really had a good time. Thank you for listening to Meant for This. You can check out the show notes for this episode at carolinejsumlin.com slash blog. If you love what you heard today, I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. Also, I'd love to hear from you. If you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of today's episode was by taking a screenshot of you listening to the show, sharing it to your Instagram stories, and tagging me so I can see it and connect with you. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I'll see you next time.